We are not getting a divorce. We are not getting a divorce. Hello, welcome to uh, this week's episode of the Super Divorce Supercast, Monster Squad edition. I'm Nicholas Villars, and I'm the vocalist in this band, Super Divorce. I'm Bender, and I uh, bang on the drums. Dale, on bass. And Bob, uh, on the camera phone, taking pictures and documenting everything. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Guitar, actually. Right (laughs) on. Well, everyone, um, we've been building up all week towards this uh, very special... Monster Squad edition of the show, and um, tonight we're just going to discuss the movie, and we actually got together on Wednesday, and we all had a little family viewing session, Yeah, so it should be fresh on everyone's minds here. Yes. Uh, What'd you guys think? Uh, Let's start with Dale and Bender, because you haven't seen it before. Yeah. Also, maybe disclaimer, you may not want to listen to this cast if you've never (laughs) seen the film before. Uh, Yeah, It's a good movie to uh, just watch on your own. Lots of spoilers here, because the whole show is (laughs) devoted to it, so... The movie is nearing 30 years old, but, you know, it's it's a little bit more on the obscure end of things, so... uh, it's actually on Netflix right now for your v- viewing pleasure if you have Netflix. Uh, also on DVD and Blu-ray. So uh, find a way to watch it and give it a watch if you haven't seen it. And uh, make sure to listen to this podcast after you've seen it. Dale, what would you think? <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was super, super fun. And uh, de- I, I now understand why you were why you're kind of bummed that it doesn't have such a huge, you know, cult following like the Goonies, like we talked about last week. It, cause it, it is, it's, it's, it's right up there. And, yeah. and it was, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I am bummed that I didn't see it as a kid. Cause I would have, I, I feel like I had, I have a lot of missed years. Yeah. <laughs> I could have been watching monster squad. You are a Goonies fan, right? I am. Yeah. Did I'm you low. notice that, uh, it's the same mom from the Goonies? No. Is yeah. it? Yeah. No. Yeah. Who's who's mom? Um, um the main uh, character. Brand and um Yeah. Mikey. Yeah. No, I didn't even notice that. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Well good for her. <laughs> mom and two really good movies. Yeah. <laughs> uh I I thoroughly enjoyed it as well. As far as like going back and watching old movies for the first time goes, I enjoyed it much more than I enjoyed Labyrinth. And as we if you listened last week, you know that I have not seen the Goonies either. Yeah. Uh, but I was I was very entertained. Of course, being a horror fan, it really hit home with me a couple times. Um, I loved I loved the the scene where Frank first appears to the kids or whatever, and it's like the little girl sitting by the lake, just like in the original mm-hmm. Frankenstein movie. Like I thought that that was a very nice touch. Um, but yeah, I, I really liked it. I'd like to watch it again very soon. Was it uh, was it what you were expecting about, or um, as far as like tone, uh, the vibe it gave off? I think so. You think '80s kids movie, you know, li- live action '80s kids movie, and that pretty much 
hits every stereotype you could possibly want out of a out of a movie like that. So in the in the best of ways, it was exactly what I expected it to be. Uh, another nice piece of trivia about that movie I always like to bring up is the fact that uh, the guy who plays the Wolfman was Uncle Rico in Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah, I saw I saw your uh, post about that yeah. this week, and I never would have put the two and two together. But yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> that guy that guy rules. Yeah. So, Bob, anything on your uh, your latest viewing? Um, Monster Squad uh, as an adult is still just as good as when I was a child. Um, you get some of the more adult humor and references and things like that. Um, it's not a very long movie. It's only about an hour and 21 minutes, so you can breeze through it, have a nice you know, movie-going experience, and uh, still have some time uh, at the end of your night to you know, have, a, have a snack or something before bed. You know, it doesn't... Uh, it's not like watching Lord of the Rings where you have to set aside an entire day to watch it. Uh, super entertaining. All the monsters look great. I'm still back in the 80s on the practical effects front. Because if this movie were remade today, you know everything would be CGI. It would lose all of its you know charm and you know just kind of... Seeing something on the screen, an actor in makeup, or, you know, a guy in a suit, or, you know, with a nice mask and stuff, it's just, uh, it's the magic of the 80s, and, you know, I hope we see more of that in contemporary movies, so. I wanted to, uh, I did a little, a little research, very light research, I mean, I've watched, like, the <laughs> behind the scenes on the Blu-ray, and then, uh, you know, on IMDb, they, they'll show you little fun facts about a bunch of the films and whatnot. And uh, I actually was going to pull the list up here because there were a few things that I thought were uh, pretty cool tidbits. Um, in 2006, Wizard Magazine, uh, if you're familiar with Wizard, anyone? Like Wizards of the Coast Wizard? No, it was like, well, I think they're defunct now, but it was like a huge comic magazine. Okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, they made a list of the 100 greatest villains of all time. Dracula was ranked as number 30 on the list, but it was actually for um, uh, Duncan Rager's performance from the Monster Squad. They chose huh. him as the best Dracula of all time. What? Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean... He is great, though, isn't he? I, I feel good, like yeah. you could have put him in, like, a really any other Dracula movie, and he would have pulled it off. It wasn't like he was a fun, you know, yeah. kooky Dracula for this kid's movie. No, he was he was a legit Dracula, but that, that surprises me that he would get the nod over, like, a Bela Lugosi or a Christopher Lee... Um, because he's not, he, he doesn't have, he has to share the screen with the other monsters. Granted, he is the main villain. He's the, uh, you know, the He antagonist. employs the other monsters. Yes, he's yeah. the leader. He's the, the ringmaster of the whole deal. Um, but, Six uh, foot five. Yeah, I that? believe that. He's an imposing fella when the guys are... When the cops are running up, they they try to shoot him first, and then they attack him. Uh, you know, try to punch him and stuff, which is 
really funny to me. Um, he just kind of headlocks just, yeah. guys, <laughs> breaks his neck, snaps a couple necks, punches a few faces. I mean, he's <laughs> Dracula does not fuck around in uh, Monster Squad. That's for sure. It's hard to picture Bella Lugosi just throwing a right hook and knocking yeah. somebody out as Dracula. <laughs> I feel like Lugosi is menacing, but uh, the guy from Monster Squad, he's he has a presence to him that's you know yeah is very imposing. Yes, uh, and I like how his um, his costume isn't isn't overdone. Yeah. It's just like a, you know, it looks like something you could buy out of a you know a Halloween Express. Basically, you know, it's not anything over the overly you know gritty or anything. It's just like the traditional Dracula get up. And he's also a pretty accomplished athlete in real life. Was he? Yeah. Anyone <laughs> At want six to take five? Guess, I mean. He was Pocket a, passer. No, he was, a, he was a boxer. <laughs> a boxer. And basketball. any other guesses? Basketball. Yeah. <laughs> Volleyball. Uh, <laughs> uh, wrestler. Well, like like a <laughs> figure skating. Ha! <Huh>. Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe his maybe his cape was uh, from one of his figure skating routines <laughs> earlier <laughs> in his career. Wouldn't doubt yeah. it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he's really interesting guy because he's he's also a world famous artist, and he's wow. like, had gallery showings since like the early seventies. <laughs> Did so, he have a career in movies after Monster Squad? Yeah, he's been working. He? It, I think he is. It seems like I looked him up, and uh, he does quite a bit with art. So mm. I think he'll kind of take roles here and there, but he's stayed active the whole time since. Huh. That's, That's cool. cool. One yeah. of the uh, newfound respect. Sounds like one yeah. of those guys that just kind of is good at whatever he does. A renaissance kinda, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's uh, he's stayed pretty busy. That's yeah. good. I I kind of went through the whole cast, and unfortunately, many of the people from that film have died. <laughs> not not just no. The old German, scary German guy's dead. I would imagine, yeah, because yeah. the movie's almost thirty years old and he's like seventy in it. But so. I think he just passed away in like two thousand nine. Really? Yeah. Wow. He must have made it into his nineties. Yeah. I bet. So uh, the dad, uh, the main character's dad, he's he's still doing quite a bit acting. Really? Well. Yeah. Man, he was. He, he's kind of an older dad. Yeah. He seems like a he. He looks to me to be in his mid to late forties in that movie, um, which is thirty years old. So, <laughs> um, glad to hear he's still kicking. You know, um, that's I love that guy. I, I'd love to see him in other stuff. I think he plays a great eighties father. You know, he's he's got his flaws, but he's a strong, you know, manly father figure for the. For the main character uh, to look up to. Why can't I remember that kid's name? Um, you remember Rudy and Horace yeah. and, what, and uh, Phoebe the Phoebe? <laughs> well, fat kid, fat yeah. Kid. Horace Sean. is fat kid. Sean, Sean, yeah. You should Sean! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, you know, yeah. I, I think one of the uh, the best scenes with Sean and his father... Mm-hmm. Um, the roof scene. Yeah. It has to be, yeah. Everybody wants to just sit and chill with their dad and, you know, there doesn't have to be a huge talk or anything. He just shows up and gives his son, uh, you know, he brings his son some fast food and they watch a, they 
live conveniently, you know, a couple blocks up from a drive-in so they can see the screen from the roof of their house and sit down and watch a movie together. It's pretty cool. Bender, did your father ever uh, bring you some fast food while sitting on your roof? No. No? <laughs> we, we did not have access to our roof in our house. That was something I was always jealous of whenever yeah. I'd watch Monster Squad. I always wanted to get up on the roof and just uh, sit down, but uh, I never had a house where I could do it. Honestly, I I can't remember any times I've been on roofs except for here. Yeah, um, you can, there's access to my... Well, it's not the actual roof, roof of the house, yeah. but you know, it's the, the overhang um, over the front porch. You can, yeah. There's access to that. Yeah. Through the Actually, in the, the room hallway. we're sitting in, too, uh, you can get out on... Yeah, on I've this, gotten out on, on the, the, uh, the office roof there. <laughs> Go out sure. and smoke a J out there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, I've uh, had a cup of coffee. Cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't mean to... I'm not trying to incriminate anyone. No, but uh, <laughs> I would admit it if I did. I just <laughs> not a routine smoker. Yeah. Um, yeah, that scene really resonates with me. That's one of the one of the powerful father son moments uh, of the '80s in my book. Um, Dale, what do you what do you think of Sean's dad? Good dad? Yo, oh, yeah, for sure. I liked him. Um, Did the fight between uh, between the dad and mom sully your opinion of him? Oh yeah, because he he uh, concentrates a little bit too much on his work. Yeah, and uh, the mom. Uh, she doesn't. She doesn't take kindly to that. She feels a little neglected. Um, I can see both sides of that argument. Yeah, absolutely. Though. I mean, he's a he's a cop. He's got to do what he's got to do, and it's not like he's, you know, he called the station like, "Hey, um, I want to come in and, you know, go find the mummy that was stolen, you know, from from the uh, the museum." Like, I really want to do that tonight. Like, they yeah. called him, and you know, I feel like. I mean, I, I I don't have a cop as a father, but I feel like that would be kind of expected. That I wonder, uh, there probably are cops out there who uh, maybe they don't have the best family life, so they kind of sneak off to the next room and mm-hmm. call the station. And be, uh, hey, you guys have any work for me tonight? Got something for me to do? That's what this man was. No, doing. no this it, particular yeah. cop dad is. Uh, and I was trying to do it in True Detective that one time. Remember? Yeah. When McConaughey yeah. goes to mm-hmm. when Russ goes to have dinner and. Yeah. Uh, Woody Harrelson tries to like get him an out, and then he's just like, "No, it's cool. I'm, I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stay." Yeah. Totally yeah. fucks up the whole evening. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was gonna say, uh, you know, in that scene as a child, you know, even as a child, I kind of understood the parents fighting thing because you see your parents fighting. You know, if if your parents are normal people and not robots, they're gonna <laughs> fight eventually, um, no matter how good or bad their marriage is. But uh, I think that resonates with me more now than it did back then, even because just because of what he says, he's he says, you know, look, honey, I'm a cop. You know, you you signed up for that when you bought the package, <laughs> basically. <laughs> and it's being a musician. I've I've had issues in relationships before, as you guys know, where it's you know the girl is kind of not understanding, you know why you dedicate so much time to something. And in his case, it's a little bit different because he's dealing with life and death yeah. stuff. But, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, as musicians, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of times where the girls are thinking, you know, what what the hell, you know, you, you need to be hanging out with me more or something, you know. 
we haven't had that much lately because we haven't been playing a ton of shows. But when yeah. we put our album out and stuff, you know, it there's always uh, that possibility that you know going off and doing your thing causes a little strain at home. So it's a it's a smart movie. It's it's not just a mindless romp. There's a few things in there, you know, that you can relate to family wise, you know. But through it all, both of the parents, you know, love the kids so much and when the kids are in danger, I mean that that dad springs into fucking action, no hesitation. Against Dracula. Against Dracula, you know, he tries to shoot him. (laughs) That's a good dad. His partner gets blown up by dynamite and he just keeps you know, I'm gonna fucking kill you, you know. Takes on Wolfman head on. He's a badass. After dude. shooting Dracula, and right? Knowing it's not phasing him, <laughs> yeah. he just keeps going after him. Yeah, yeah. That's so, a that's a real dad right there. Good dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he smoked in the house. Yes, he smoked <laughs> in the house. He had those real deep fatherly lines in his face. You know, <laughs> he's shaving in the first scene that you meet him with like a shitty bargain bin, like disposable razor that dads used in the eighties. You know? We're gonna switch it off. This. Uh, <laughs> This show is no longer about Monster Squad. We're just going to jerk off good the dad. dads. <laughs> We're going to jerk off the, the dad from Monster Squad if for I, the next hour. Yeah, if I had a choice between being like my dad or the dad from Monster Squad. <laughs> good news. The choice is yours. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, the dad from Monster Squad is, uh, is a badass. So. I think that was good that we hit on that, though, because yeah. I think that might get overlooked and people might... Focus more on the monster action than the the family dynamic, but yeah. I'm glad we brought that up. Yeah, um, and you know, on Dracula, uh, another another little piece of trivia: Liam Neeson was actually uh, what? Yeah, they were they were trying to get Liam Neeson. To he would Dracula. I think he would have done pretty well, but his Irish accent might have been. It actually says oh he no. was. He was paid for a bit part that was never shot. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So they considered him for Dracula, I guess. Cast the other guy and mm-hmm. still wanted him on board. Yeah. Paid him. Paid him, but they just didn't just have time <laughs> to shoot a scene. <laughs> for for those of you, yeah, I you have to use your critical thinking a little bit on that. Liam Neeson wasn't as big of a star probably in 1987 that he is now. I mean, he was known, but um, what is a Dark Man? Dark Man. I've not seen Dark Man. I've heard no? Dark Man's sh- pretty good though. Um, I don't know if that's true or not. I'd have to. It's on Netflix right now. Actually, I actually have it. So if you want to take it home <laughs> sure, and watch it, yep. yeah, sounds good. Um. Yeah, so Liam Neeson. Imagine, uh, maybe, uh, maybe He's in a tall the guy. next, the next Taken, they can put a Dracula spin on it. <laughs> <laughs> he becomes a vampire. I can, I could see Liam Neeson in that Dracula role just because of his height and his imposing presence. And he has a, even though Liam Neeson does have a softer side, before you get to know that Liam Neeson has a softer side, he has a very stern kind of stoic presence to him so i i think his dracula may have been a little bit more reserved until those moments where he explodes and gets pissed and then it would have been wow you know 
do you think Liam Neeson would have had the capacity to call a five-year-old girl a bitch? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Liam Neeson seems to have a pretty good sense of humor, but, uh, yeah, I mean, for the right price, yeah. I'd call a little girl a bitch for, you know. Yeah, that was probably as long as I got to apologize. Yeah. <laughs> screams at that little yeah. girl. <laughs> what, what does he ask her? What does he give ask me her? He just amulet. says, give, yeah. he doesn't ask her. <laughs> yeah. He tells her. <laughs> You Give bitch. me the amulet, you bitch. <laughs> and he doesn't say, he doesn't say, you little bitch. You <laughs> bitch. You little bitch. You know, <laughs> that would have been, the, adding little would have probably what, softened the blow yeah, a little <laughs> bit. You don't do that. He Not calls a five-year-old girl just a bitch. <laughs> no, no extra descriptor. And the great thing is, she didn't know it was coming. Yeah. For those so, of you who aren't aware, yeah. Yeah, uh, the scene, if you're familiar with the movie, when Dracula holds up Phoebe by her little face. <laughs> uh, by the chin. All they told her, the director said, um, you're going to have to scream. And she said, when do I scream? And he's like, you'll know. <laughs> <laughs> you'll know. And so... He, apparently, uh, the actor also never wore his fangs or his contacts around the kids because it scared them. Okay. So he kept them out, and that when that scene came up, it was like game on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not only am I gonna like fucking grab your face and hold you up in the air, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna call you a very uh, unsavory name yeah for a curse at you and then hiss in your face <laughs> <laughs> that's the kicker you bitch she yeah. screams and, and then, then he hisses <laughs> at her <laughs> there's not not much more he could have done to be as to be any more scary to that little girl do you think if that story came out now like on set the movie would be shut down i think it would be I would hope not. I mean, it depends on, you know, it depends, I guess. Someone would find out, and they'd be like, local director fucks up. Yeah, there'd be some SJWs out there that would be pissed, you know. Yeah. But I think you could still get away with it. I think if you're Abrams, you know, and you're shooting a a film like that or something, you know, you you would have to have some street cred as a good director first. This if guy did not first, have much. Yeah, <laughs> it's your it first a big chance. Your first outing. Eh, the '80s were a different time. I mean, we gave people more benefit of the doubt, intelligence-wise. Now everybody has to be have their fucking hand held through everything, and the PC police are out in full force in uh, this day and age. So, did you know that the Monster Squad pretty much ruined? The director's career <laughs> did it. Yeah, that's terrible. He wow. did. Yeah, it bombed at the box office. Didn't it, it bombed, and then he got a chance to come back from Monster Squad by being given RoboCop three. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> so he wasn't given much of a chance. No. <laughs> <laughs> They're pretty much like, look, we really want you to go away. Yeah, yeah, that's. It's sad. If they give you RoboCop 3, you're being set up. Yes, for setting yeah. up for destruction. Like We really Here's like a, what you did with yeah. Monster Squad. Will you please You, you get to do a RoboCop movie, but it has to be PG-13. And it's not a reboot. It's the third one. <laughs> 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 you have no... 
It's not like, you know, the the newest RoboCop where you have basically an unlimited budget and a couple decades of time for people to be like, oh, RoboCop reboot, you know? And it also wasn't <laughs> built up as, like, the exciting conclusion to the RoboCop, <laughs> RoboCop trilogy. It was just like a like a Halloween sequel. Yeah. It's just like RoboCop 3. Here you go. From the, du- from the director, <laughs> director of Monster Bo- Squad. <laughs> Box Office, Box Box office, office Flop. Monster, Monster Squad. squad. <laughs> comes RoboCop 3. Well, fuck off. Here you go. <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> I've never actually yeah. seen RoboCop 3, so I, I don't want to be an asshole about it, but I, I haven't heard good things. <laughs> I saw it many moons ago. Yeah. Because I used to really be into the RoboCop movies when I was a youngster. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't even tell you what the plot to the third one was. Yeah. It's been so long, but. I've seen one and two. Honestly, two's not that good either, but yeah. <laughs> one, one, you know, is a classic, um, especially when you have some uh, some old-school Miller Lite cans and some uh, stogies going when you're <laughs> yeah. watching it, um, but yeah, that sucks, RoboCop 3, yeah. Monster um, Squad, though, good legacy to have. <laughs> well, it, it definitely picked up steam after the mm-hmm. internet. Yeah, then uh, like many movies. Yeah, I think a lot of those actors with kind of the the explosion of nerd culture are doing like uh, some some of the actors who aren't really being sought after for movie roles are hitting up you know the uh, the, the convention conventions, scene. Yeah. And I am fairly certain that I've I was at a horrorhound convention where at least i think every monster was there oh yeah nice. i think so i so uncle cor- rico was i i may have either been there or i saw like i saw it online but wasn't able to make it to that particular one mm-hmm. i mean you guys know i try to go twice a year to mm-hmm. cincinnati and indianapolis but i'm pretty sure they had like a monster squad reunion at one within the past year or two yeah Cool. Uh, of course, I hadn't seen the movie at yeah, that time, right. so it wasn't. You know, didn't I wasn't. Shit to you. Yeah, it didn't really mean shit. I was more concerned <laughs> that like the director of Terror Vision was going to be there. But now, now if it ever happens again, I'll know what's up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You think Uncle Rico uh, um, gets more recognition? Obviously, he gets more recognition for being Uncle Rico, but. I'd be hard pressed if I met him to not have him sign something Napoleon Dynamite. Like you'd have to, you, somebody might have to pay me to get him to sign Monster Squad stuff. I loved the movie. He's a damn good Wolfman too. Yeah, he does. He takes that kind of. It doesn't specifically state that he's Lawrence Talbot or anything from from the Universal Wolfman movies, but he's got that same mindset. I'm a werewolf. Fucking lock me up now. Except he doesn't go at it with the calm dignity of of uh, you know um, God, Lon Chaney Jr. Yeah, he's I'm a werewolf, <laughs> you know, <laughs> screaming at people, trying to get them to fucking lock him up to the point where he's in a police station, you know, body slamming people, wrestles a gun away from somebody, shoots in the air, and says, "Lock me up!" <laughs> and then a dude fucking shoots him. Not knowing that he's a legit werewolf. I mean, uh, I think if I had like my Napoleon Dynamite Blu-ray <laughs> next to 
maybe like a Wolfman's Got Nards t-shirt. <laughs> I would rather have him sign the t-shirt. Of course, yeah. His Wolfman performance is great. I mean, again, it's one of the it's a monster movie team up, you know, so he doesn't he doesn't have a ton ton of screen time as his human self, but when he is in the movie, he's he is in that character for sure. Especially that scene when he's tied up and Dracula thinks he's drugged him and he he spits out the pills and he's just kind of scared and wants to get out. That's that's a you know that's some good fucking acting. This is a time. What I notice about eighties movies is the even the small part characters are good actors. I mean they don't. They didn't waste time with fucking nobodies who are just reading lines, you know. Well, like when I watched this troll, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure the lower quality '80s movies, yes, but in this maybe in this particular film and in good films from the '80s, you know, they didn't waste, they spared no expense on shitty, you know, on good actors to play smaller parts. I especially love. Uh, uh, the cop dad's partner. Yeah. That guy. Well, you'd be happy to know that he's been very active Good. since the movie as well. Good. So he's still <laughs> he's still trucking along in the acting community. Nice. Landing roles left and right. So he's a, he's a damn good actor. Um, Unfortunately, it's sad to see him die in the movie. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, one who never really got a chance to get off the ground was uh, the kid who played Horace. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw, he died in 97. When you told me that he died, I was wondering what the time frame on it was. So if he's, you know, if he's between 10 and 13 in the movie, and he died in 97, I mean, he was only in his early 20s when yeah. he passed away. So I'd like to think that it was, you know... Something maybe with a pre-existing medical. There was pneumonia. I read that it was pneumonia, but pneumonia can be brought on by a litany of different things. I mean, you know, drug abuse can be one of those. I I would hope that. I mean, you don't want anybody to die, but if you found out that he, you know, maybe overdosed and got pneumonia while he was in a coma or something, you know, that's just sad. Um, I think if nothing else, uh, if he were still around, he would be enjoying the convention circuit these days. Of course, yeah. He's, um, you know, he's he should be up there with, with Chunk, yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, Horace. I mean, whoever came up with that <laughs> name for that character is brilliant. a genius. <laughs> yeah. It's just too good. Horace. It's funny, uh, Chunk was Lawrence. Yeah. Fat kid, <laughs> Horace. Huh. Horace, yeah. <laughs> It's just a good name, and it just fits that character. I couldn't think of another, you know, a better name. And how many people have you ever known named Horace, besides maybe (laughs) Horace Horace Grant Grant. from the Chicago Bulls (laughs) fame? Uh, Do you know any Horaces? I do not know any. What would you call somebody named Horace for short? Horsey. Horsey. <laughs> Horsey. Whore. What about just whore? Ho. What about ace? You think ace could could work for Horace? Or race. Race. <laughs> <laughs> Not a good uh, name to whittle down to a nickname. 
Horatio. Horatio. For short. <laughs> I'm Horace, but my friends call me Horatio. <laughs> Horatio Kane. Uh, from uh, uh, CSI Miami. Yeah. Horatio Sans. <laughs> Horatio Sans. <laughs> um, what the hell? What was I going to say? What do you guys think of Horatio Sans? Sans. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, you is, don't? No. Who is that? Um, okay. You probably <laughs> know him from the Cowbell. Uh, he's in the Cowbell, Cowbell skit, right? With uh, yeah. Chris Walken. I remember him from sure his skit with... One. I remember him from the recurring skit he did with Jimmy Fallon. When they play two like stoner uh, dorm mates, and he uh, he's always talking about you know, I remember this one line where Jimmy Fallon's character asks him what he did with his glow sticks because they were supposed to go to a rave that weekend, and he's like, uh, "What if hypothetically I uh, smoked it?" I <laughs> 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 just. Uh, and uh, I think of the character in uh, in Step Brothers. He's the lead singer of the Billy Joel cover band, mm. uh, oh. Uptown Girl. Oh, okay. <laughs> Take you your skank hooker wife and get the fuck out of here. <laughs> we only do 80s Joel. <laughs> we strictly do 80s Joel. Dale, did you ever see Road Trip with Tom oh, Green? And, it's uh, been a long time. Reckon Meyer. Yeah. It's uh, been since the movie first came out yeah, for me. Because yeah. uh, he was in that movie as well. Yeah. Okay. Horatio was. Horatio Sands. Yeah. Do you ever think, um, do you think uh, SNL for the first few weeks after he left the cast uh, referred to SNL as uh, Sands Horatio? Yes. From there on out? I do. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you that joke was made several times. Well, let's do this. Uh, it's Saturday Night Live, Sans Horatio. So, um, oh, Dustin Diamond had a role in the movie that was cut. Interesting from uh, Saved by the Bell. Yeah, Screech. Yeah, thing. he was going to be selling the squad baseball cards. Oh, okay. And uh, <laughs> sounds like a scene. Cut it that- out. Probably was better to be cut. Yeah. yeah. They apparently cut 13 minutes of the film. Ah. Because the studio did not want them to go over 90 minutes. Interesting. Do you think there's, there's an unedited cut floating around out there somewhere? I I'd like to think so. Yeah. It'd be interesting. I mean, that's a Are long there deleted time. scenes on the Blu-ray disc? Um, I don't remember seeing mm. any. But I'd have to go back. Back then, I don't think they... Because... Really the s- format was VHS. They didn't really keep that stuff yeah. as much. I mean, for it movies, might be somewhere in like a right. back lot. Yeah, just uh, waiting to be discovered. So if you know where any, uh, <laughs> maybe when it turns thirty. Yeah, maybe thirtieth anniversary edition Blu-ray. You know, thirteen never before seen minutes. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, that's Director's a lot. Cut. That's a good deal of movie. Yeah, you know, that's uh, yeah could be several scenes. Mm-hmm. There's movies that are too long that need to be cut, though. I don't feel like this movie is missing anything. So I feel like if they cut stuff, they didn't really lose any momentum anywhere. No, but I feel like it's kind of ticky-tack to say, we're making you cut it down because we don't want it to be like 94 minutes long. Yeah, Uh, because for all I know, that extra footage could be legit. It could be cool. More creature stuff. Yeah. I know that 
you know, there's uh, edits of movies where it's like, okay, we know this is too fucking long. So. What if it's 13 <laughs> minutes of just Liam Neeson? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what they paid him for. <laughs> like, the director didn't even feel like shooting it. He had like yeah. one of his assistants shoot Liam Neeson's scene <laughs> and just make it up. And it was like... Let Liam Neeson write whatever yeah. he wants for his scene, and uh, we'll pay him for it. And, you know um, what? You know what I think. Uh, did they say what Liam Neeson's bit part was going to be? No, because I have a speculation on what it might be. What? I think Liam Neeson's character uh, ran an occult bookstore uh, in the neighborhood, and the kids went there to uh, find some books about uh, the different monsters. And maybe he ran the store and they kind of asked him about, you know, where can we find a book on Dracula's monster? And he said... What if uh, What if they go to try to get the book that they have decrypted, though, because they already know everything about monsters. They're the monster squad. That's true, but you can always learn more. I mean, there's things that they didn't know that they came upon. Maybe the um, maybe uh, some more undiscovered works of yeah. Van Helsing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My other option was Liam Neeson was like a bargain bin fake Dracula, like that maybe uh maybe he's shooting a commercial for a used furniture store in a Dracula getup, and he scares the children by accident. They think it's the real one, but he's just kind of they stake him through the heart. (laughs) 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 The movie takes a very dark turn. Yeah. It becomes more like the outsiders and like <laughs> running from the authorities. And yeah. It's like uh, Lord of the Flies. Yeah. <laughs> that was the extended cut. Do you think they'll ever do a Lord of the Rings and Lord of the Flies mashup? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's like asking if they're ever going to do a Lord of the Rings Lord of the Dance mashup. Like, <laughs> that would make more sense probably actually. Maybe Michael Flatley is uh yeah. is Frodo. I feel like Michael Flatley would be Aragorn. I don't think he'd be Frodo. Either Aragorn or uh, but Legolas. The, but he's he's but the big the, name. Yeah, Michael Flatley is who the story is about. I mean, Lord of the Dance is about Michael Flatley. So you got to yeah, put Return him the in King. the role is right. about Aragorn returning to the throne. Yeah, but the whole uh, fucking Gondor. thing's about Frodo. Uh, I don't know He's about right. that. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Lord of the Rings is an ensemble cast. It's not just about Frodo. <laughs> then I just feel like if you're gonna. If you're gonna cast Michael Flatley in a dancing like, Lord of the Rings, he's like 59 years old now. I, well, how old was Frodo? He was he was probably 59, <laughs> wasn't he? He was up there. No, he wasn't. Uh, yeah, he was. Elijah Wood was like no, no, in no, his no, no not, not Elijah Wood. Frodo, Frodo the himself. actual character of yeah. Frodo. Yeah, if his because the the hobbits aged very well. <laughs> Well, Bilbo ages well because he fucking has the one ring. So he was his When he turns 111, he yeah. he hits and gives up the ring. He goes down real fast. He's he ages immediately and starts. I thought it was he's just dead the by hobbits. the end. 
I, I thought it was just that the hobbits aged well. They no, you're trying to pull some shit right. I'm now. not trying to pull shit. <laughs> <laughs> that makes complete sense to me. I don't Frodo see Frodo would have embarked on the, the journey the when movie. he was when he was you know, in his fifties or so no. because that's only that's that's not even halfway through their lives. Well, isn't Bilbo his? Isn't that Frodo's uncle? Yeah, or right? Isn't, isn't, that, isn't that how they're mm-hmm. related? They're, yes. Like, Uncle. And you'd think that there's probably about 25 to 35 year difference between the two. Like, if we were, like, thinking, like, age perspective-wise, that would make sense. So that would put... So that would put Frodo, that would put Frodo, like Frodo at, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, maybe you guys are conservatively estimating his age. Well, maybe he was just an old uncle. That's that, true. Yeah, he could be, like, a, yeah. like a late brother type thing to... Frodo's father. Oh no, we're getting off course. <laughs> <laughs> Different podcast. Um, uh, how you know. thing? <laughs> Sounds drunk when he says that. Can we acknowledge that at least? Yeah. Can we agree on that? I haven't Today seen Today is that. my 111 birthday! <laughs> it's like Harry Carey. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he sounds like. I haven't seen Fellowship in a long, too long. So it's the boring one. Yeah. <laughs> speaking of speaking of Lord of the Rings, to bring it back into Monster Squad territory, the the opening, like the One Ring. Well, I was also, I was just going to say the opening sequence of the movie um, that the director uh, had originally penned. Mm-hmm. Uh, was uh, really it sounded like something that uh, Peter Jackson would have been behind. It was just supposedly it was going to be massive. He wanted like a fleet of zeppelins. Wow. And like a fucking army of villagers on horseback. Nice. And uh, apparently the studio ended up telling him he couldn't do it because uh, they kind of tallied up the cost of that opening sequence and found out that it would have ran more than the actual entire movie ended up costing them to make. So, <laughs> so like, oh, we're going to have to tone down that intro segment yeah. because we don't have the funds. Maybe. I will say the intro segment's still very good. Oh, yeah. Which, I think it's yeah. great. It's pretty cool. And With one, the ground breaking apart and yeah. practically, you know, not yeah. fucking CGI, you know, pushing guys over, skeletons climbing out. You know? well, I did like, though, in the <clears throat> opening scenes when the ground is is popping up and, and like, flinging guys. Yeah. You can very, very clearly tell that they're, like, professional stuntmen being pushed on springboards because they take the, like, (laughs) pose where they throw their arms out and their legs go straight (laughs) and they, like, take that pose and then dive forward so that they roll. Like, (laughs) it happens multiple times in the movie. Anytime something explodes or somebody gets flung, you can clearly see them just, like, very professionally. Acrobatic Yeah, it's hilarious. (laughs) I love it. It was charming. It was charming to me that you could see right there through it all. Yeah. 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 The, watching uh, a labor of love take place. <clears throat> yeah. One thing I was thinking about when we were watching it the other night was just moving through different scenes, how much I love the sets from that era. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. it's like most of them are not very epic in scope. Yeah. But everything is kind of very, very expertly crafted. And, yes. and, you know, just like the corridors and when they're inside of that mansion. Because they know um, they, they're not going to be able to go in and post and add things in. Yeah. You know, it's it's a real set. It's all going to be on screen. 
So they know that it all has to be to a T, you know, authentic to the story. So I am pretty sure that the the last scene in the movie is on a movie set. It has that look to it. Really? Yeah. In front of the church and yeah. everything? I yeah. S- I can see that. Yeah. Kind of like the, the last um, uh, bit of Back to the Future. Okay. You know, yeah. I feel like it has that quality to it. Yeah, where, where they are it. outdoors, but it's like on a back lot yeah. somewhere Which, with some pavement. And... I have a strange boner for that type of thing. <laughs> it's awesome! <laughs> I don't know it's why. It's sweet! I, I've, there's, uh, there's this place called House on the Rock I've told you about before. Mm-hmm. But there's one part where you're walking down down these stairs and it leads into, like you're underground, almost like a bunker. And it leads into an area like that where you're walking down a street and there's like cobblestone and fucking street lamps and all these little shops lining the street. Um, and it's like, you know, very Victorian looking, mm-hmm. but it's all inside. Yeah. And it looks like just a black night up above you and... It's awesome. I don't know why. I think that that shit's fucking cool. It's It's awesome. If I could have something like that in my house, I would do it. It's cool. It makes me think of old school Disney World. Like, just having, you know, just just being immersed in something. It's more immersive than watching, you know, like a Star Wars prequel where it's clearly just blue screen, Mm -hmm. you know, everything. To see a real set or a real location, you know, real practical effects, you know, and that's where they hit it on the head with the new Star Wars movie is, even though, yes, in a movie with, in a movie in 2015, you're going to have to use CGI for things, but to not, you know, completely just wash out everything with CGI and just have characters walking around inside it. I mean, even... The Lord of the Rings movies and the Hobbit movies suffer from that syndrome a little bit, you know, because a lot of times you can tell, you know, Ian McKellen is acting in a green room and there's no one in front of him. It's just like, because I've heard the story where Peter Jackson's kind of telling him, okay, you're talking to this guy, and Ian McKellen, like, broke down in tears. Like, he couldn't do it because... He was just like, I'm not, I have no reference, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's just, I hope that, you know, I hope that that kind of filmmaking never dies. You know, I know it's, it's kind of gone away with the, with the 2000s and everything, but I think as our generation grows to be adults, you know, we're all, you know, between 20 and 30, so, um, you know, we're taking over those industries and we have nostalgia for those things. So hopefully, you know, the millennials <laughs> will uh, kind of lead the charge to bring back some of those practical effects and use them in conjunction with CGI. You know, you don't have to lean too heavily on one or the other. You can use them both to craft a great movie and not to jizz on Star Wars too much, but... <laughs> Episode seven just struck that perfect balance for me. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. do you guys have a favorite practical effect uh, or practical effects from uh, a movie? Um, the seen? scene in the thing when they're giving Jesus the Christ. guy the defibr- defibrillator on his God chest, damn. and they 
rub them together, stay clear, and they hit his chest, and then it goes into his body. The chest just opens. And then it doesn't. <laughs> and caves in. Yeah. And then grows teeth and bites the bites. guy's hands off. <laughs> and he, and you can see it, he pulls his hands out, and it, like, the skin stretches as his arms come off. And then the guy's head pulls itself off and grows legs and becomes a spider head. That's my favorite right there. It's that, just... That's my favorite. I've never even effect. seen that movie, but I've watched that scene. That scene just, is fucking awesome. It's absolutely fucking incredible to me that that. Wrong. I don't know if it's just the art of it is dead. I know CGI. I guess it's easier to do to have somebody oh, yeah, animate sure. it, but you know you got to think that somebody out there recognizes the charm and just the craft of practical effects and it's just when you mentioned skin being pulled yeah it made me think of uh when Rhodes is being torn apart yes yeah day of the dead i don't know if you've heard the story of like how they got that like uh-huh. all the guts and everything it was Cow like guts it was real meat really and it was like rotting oh god yeah, by they... the time they got to shoot the scene so it's like Everyone on, on the set was just like overwhelmed by the stench of rotting meat. Have you seen it? <laughs> you've, seen, you've seen Planet Terror where they rip apart uh, Tom Savini. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what other... I don't know how... It, it must be a practical... It might be a practical effect. Maybe not. But uh, the scene in Shaun of the Dead when the... I, I can't remember the other guy's name. Not Nick Frost's character, but the other friend that looks with the glasses. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. When he gets pulled out of the window and mm-hmm. his intestines get pulled out while yeah. he's still screaming, like, that's actually, that's a pretty gruesome scene. Yeah. And they look real as fuck. So, I hope that they are. I've I'd be surprised into. if they didn't use practical effects yeah. throughout most of that movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just... With Dale, do you have a favorite practical effect in any movie? Um, uh, nothing really. Like, not like a particular thing comes to mind. But think, I'm like sitting there, like thinking about all these movies you guys are talking about. Mm-hmm. And one movie that comes to mind for me is Evil Dead. It's one of my all-time favorite movies. I love the Evil Dead movies. But this isn't a practical effect. It's just one of those uh, charming little '80s movie moments that um, they uh, they first get to the cabin and. Uh, they're in, they're in one of the rooms and it's like uh, Ash is in there and he's like looking around all creeped out and the 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 camera like pans through the room and you can see a blatant reflection of the camera and the cameraman. <laughs> it's like it's dark outside, so you can just see it like it's a mirror. Yeah. It's like oh, there's the cameraman right there. It's uh, not really a practical effect. It's just uh, I love that. <laughs> I love that that's in the movie still. And it, there's a cut. goof in Monster Squad like that. Is there? Yeah, it's the, uh, you know, the three um, sort of concubine vampire ladies. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's when they're, I think when they're in the mansion, uh, they pass by a mirror and you can see all three of them. All oh, three of them yeah. reflections. Yeah. They didn't yeah. think about yeah. that, I guess. So they didn't, <coughs> didn't cover their bases on that one. Yeah, they <laughs> even made it a point to talk about the fact yeah, that they vampires did. don't yeah. have a reflection. Scary yeah. uh, German guy is yeah. the one who said it. Tisk tisk <laughs> yeah. on that. 
You could argue... If George Lucas had directed Monster Squad, you know he would have gone back and fixed that. <laughs> <laughs> and CGI'd some, uh, some Gungans in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I watched Jedi recently, and they... Have you watched the 2011 Jedi on Blu-ray? I mean, it... In the celebration scene at the end, they cut to Naboo, and there's Gungans dancing around. It's yeah. it's real. I mean, that's a real... I don't know why you have such a big problem with it. I don't know. It's just... Uh, there's a CGI Doug in Jabba's palace. I mean... Doug? Yeah, a Doug. Oh. Like, um, um... What the hell? Uh, Sebulba. Oh. It makes sense because Sebulba's from Tatooine. I wasn't thinking... I was a... thinking Doug Funny. So yeah. was I. <laughs> I was like, pretty sure he's Doug. not in Star Wars. <laughs> Speaking of Star Wars, though, um, having being fresh off watching Jedi, I have to say the Rancor is a pretty goddamn good practical effect. Um, that puppet, the goo in its mouth, you know, when it and when it crunches that bone that Luke jams in its mouth, it, it's all just, you know, its claws and the way it moves. You know, it's not that. It's not a cheesy, because sometimes with stop motion, it's kind of got that cheesy, like, kind of, um... It's a little glitchy looking. Yeah, it's glitchy, yeah. especially, like, when I think of RoboCop, um, the, the Ed 209 or whatever, um, you can clearly just see the stop motion going on, and its, its movements are really, really, uh, stuttery, I guess, but... That rancor just moves so smooth, and you know it—it's it, just really. I had to rewind that like five times just to watch it move. It's just a a great, great practical effect. So, I don't know if you guys saw that I posted. Uh, was it a puppet video. or was it? Oh, sorry, was it a puppet or was it uh, stop motion? Because it's so smooth, I don't even know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Know. But uh, yeah, the uh, the thriller video has quite a few good practical effects, mm-hmm. as well as great sets. Gosh, and that music—that's amazing. I love that music video. Yeah. Song too, but yeah. man, that video wonderful. wonderful. It's like a little <laughs> mini movie. I know. It's, it's it's like twelve minutes long, isn't it, or something like that? Yeah, it was. <laughs> just because I only know because I watched it, it was like thirteen minutes that's, and yeah, forty something seconds. It's almost yeah, Very almost cool. a fifteen-minute short film. Yeah, it's cool. But I think the creepiest part of that video is Michael Jackson's advisory before it starts that he does not believe in the occult. And then it's like, please enjoy. It's <laughs> like, I don't think anyone would have thought you believed in the occult just because you made a scary video. Probably didn't need to put that there. Now I think people are going to suspect you yeah. of believing in the occult. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. That'd be like if he put a disclaimer before... The uh, Sega Genesis game, like, I, I do not molest children. <laughs> and then you go through the game saving children. Yeah. Michael! <laughs> <laughs> That's a real thing that happened yeah. in the 80s. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Have you seen the Sega Genesis Michael Jackson game? No. What's the game called? Moonwalker. Moonwalker. Michael mm-hmm. Jackson's Moonwalker. <laughs> yep. It's a side-scrolling kind of like platforming uh, 2D 16-bit Sega game mm-hmm. and uh, 
I don't know if it's all the levels, but in some of the levels, your goal is to rescue small, blonde-headed children. Really, Basically, boys. Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they, when you rescue them, they say, Michael! That makes me very uncomfortable. <laughs> to hear that. <laughs> yeah, the Angry Video Game Nerd has an episode about it. You should check it out. And, uh, I, I definitely He will. starts to play the game, and he's like, okay... I know what we're all thinking right now, so <laughs> let's just get it out of the way. <laughs> oh. Michael! There's a Michael Jackson video game out yeah. there. Mm-hmm. No idea. If you're going to... Here's, here's a question. Let's go around the table. If you guys were going to add one monster to the Monster Squad, who would you add? That's a good, That's a really, good question. Because really you have the classics. You yeah. have Dracula, Wolfman. So you got to pick one. Pick one monster. Hmm. Huh. I'm trying to think of yeah, I'm trying another to think monster it, yeah. that would fit with them. Uh, the Invisible Man. Yeah, because he's mm. universal. Yeah, I'd put the Invisible Man in there. Hmm. I, I don't I don't know much about the Invisible Man. You know, it's it's not like a not a favorite of mine. My one gripe with the movie is that there wasn't enough creature. Yeah. Nah, and I and I was and he gets little, taken out pretty easy. Yeah, just gets shot. Yeah, just gunned mm-hmm. down. And I, I was the creature from the Black Lagoon is my favorite, you know, of the Universal monsters. So I was I was very happy with the design of the creature oh, in the yeah. movie, and then a little upset that he really just has absolutely no part in it at all. They just he carries just Frankenstein's. To, Casket out of the that's water. About it, and that's yeah. it. That's what they needed him for. <laughs> I also liked. Speaking of Frankenstein, mm-hmm. uh, I liked that Dracula tells Frankenstein, "Go and get this. Go and get Van Helsing's diary. And if the kids don't give it to you, then kill them." And like literally the very next scene, Frankenstein has just befriended the children and is now on their side. <laughs> yeah. it's, just, like, it, it's like not yeah. even. There's not even uh, them having to convince him. It's just like, no. all right, he's good now. <laughs> well, like, he's, fuck it. <laughs> he's kind of like hesitant from the beginning. You can tell Frankenstein's kind of like Lenny from Of Mice and Men. Like, to start with, he's not the Frankenstein that gets startled and starts accidentally strangling people. He's just a big softy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I, I, like thought, I just thought it was the, the quick change <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. was... Very amusing to me. <laughs> yeah, but I would put I would put the Invisible Man along that alongside that team. That, it he could do it some damage. Fun. He would have yeah. fucked their track up big time. Would have yeah. been great in getting the amulet back. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't think the kids would have had a chance against the Invisible Man. To be honest, they could have I mean, worked something out where they like. I don't know, threw paint on him or something. Yeah. You know, to, powder. Yeah, yeah. powder put on a him. bunch of powder in a yeah. room and. In the invisible invisible man effects, um, even in the original Universal, were pretty astounding at the time, and it's not too hard to do that well, you know, yeah. um, on a budget too. So I think yeah. they could have definitely done. Cool. Yeah. If I was gonna, if I was gonna have, add anybody, <clears throat> that'd be cool. So, um, that's a good choice, um, I have to say. Jekyll and Hyde came to mind. Oh, uh, so yeah. you get kind of interesting. Mr. Yeah. Hyde. Yeah. So he'd be sort of like Uncle Rico's character. He's yeah. Jekyll. Yeah, he's kind of, yeah, it's kind of the same and, thing. And, but... and Dracula would have to probably keep him contained somewhere because Jekyll's a normal 
guy with good intentions. For Jekyll could have been a doctor helping the kids. Like, yeah. Who then gets somehow <laughs> converted by Dracula. Dracula, Dracula drugs him and then force feeds him his old serum. Yeah. Maybe, oh, there you go. maybe there's a scene in which Dracula... You know, breaks in somewhere and obtains some of the serum that's left over from from. Or the Invisible Man could have drugged him. Right. Yep. So, if you could bring both of them in, (laughs) yeah, 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 that's a good uh, that's a good point. Yep. Because then you'd have another kind of unwilling accomplice to Dracula, sort of how Wolfman's character is. He's Mm -hmm. sort of just because the regular guy part of the Wolfman. It's just like, fuck this, you know. <laughs> How about a witch? A oh. witch? Is that your pick? Yeah, I think that's what okay. I would add. A witch? I feel like if you did like a, a, a nice... I, I'm thinking like, have you ever seen the movie Witches? <laughs> like Roll Dolls Witches? Yeah. No, I haven't oh, seen it. Oh, you that. haven't? Okay. It's I was, but I've read, I read the thought. book. Yeah. And I think I've seen uh, like pictures of what the witches look like in that film. They're very yeah. grotesque. Yes. It would be like that, not... You know, not the gypsy witch from Wolfman who's talking to Lawrence Talbot. No, I'm thinking like very disfigured, monstrous looking. Okay, you know, so she's down with Dracula. Yeah, okay. Yeah, she's not an. She's not like a nice witch. No, (laughs) (laughs) you're talking like like a like a hag witch. Yeah, you know, yeah, a hag raven. Yeah, from uh, Skyrim. Yes, those things are fucking nasty. Yeah. That's good. that's another good choice. Um, since you guys got to go first and pick some good ones, uh, I think my last. I I think you could have done. Oh man, I don't know how though. I was gonna say Phantom of the Opera, but he's not really a monster. He's just kind of like a disfigured guy that's troubled. You know. Yeah. I don't know. He's one I could also see helping the kids. Yeah, I guess. I don't know if he ever has interacted with Dracula in in the Universal monster movies. I'm just trying to think. Maybe if they found their way into like the local opera house. Oh, you know who I'm. You know who I'm gonna say, and it's kind of a cop out, but um, uh, oh shit, um, Lon Chaney Jr. Played Dracula's son and son of Dracula, which is a Universal monster movie, and his name is Alucard, Count Alucard, mm-hmm. and he is not like Dracula, um, and he could have played a role sort of like Alucard plays in uh, in uh, Castlevania, mm-hmm. where he's the rebellious, you know, well-intentioned son of Dracula who wants to get out of his father's bullshit. And be a good vampire, you know. So he's trying to kick Dracula's ass. So Alucard shows up, maybe scares the kids at first because he maybe bears his fangs a little bit on accident, and then he has to explain to him, "Look, you know, that's my dad, and I want to kick his ass. <laughs> so I'm joining the Monster Squad too." Yeah, and uh, he'd be a formidable opponent for uh, for Dracula for sure. Yeah. Count Alucard. Lesser known Universal monster, but good picks. Mm-hmm. No one said Bride of Frankenstein. I thought that was my first thought, but yeah. I, I liked Jekyll and Hyde. 
I, I yeah, did. I, I liked Invisible Man. If I could have gone first, he might have been. He probably would have been my first choice. It's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. How does everybody feel about what if they were to remake Monster Squad? Would you want to see it? Who would you want to want it to be directed by? Hmm. If they had to make a remake, not if they had to, just like what if somebody proposed a remake? Just the best case scenario. Best case, yeah, best case scenario. Like, so who's at the helm? Hmm. Jeez. I don't know. I today's I, Monster Squad, huh? That's I have, tough. Yeah, there's not many movies like. There's really no movies that skirt the line between adult and. And uh, child-oriented. The only thing I can think of, which I've never seen, is uh, Super 8. Um, yeah. Have you guys watched that? I've not. J.J. Abrams no. joint. I thought it was a Spielberg deal. Or did he produce J.J. Abrams directed, I oh, think. Okay. And I think Spielberg was involved. It's yeah. like an homage to E.T. and, you know, Close Encounters mm-hmm. and stuff, so... Um, I would honestly be interested to see uh, what Kevin Smith would do with a Monster Squad movie. He's certainly got that, he's got the uh, reverence for the 80s that you would need in a director to bring back the Monster Squad gimmick. And with him kind of getting into horror, yeah. um, I know he's a fan of horror and now he's making some horror movies. And he's I don't got a daughter, would, Harley yeah. Quinn, she's 15, she could have a role. Um, he wouldn't be afraid to make it edgy. No. <laughs> which is what that movie would need. Yes. So it wouldn't be watered down and shitty. That would be the trouble if you're if you're looking at it in a realistic way, is getting a, a movie studio to approve a, a kid's movie that says bitch and damn <laughs> and, you know, has, you know... Wolfman get blown up and there's fucking guts and stuff. Well, the original is PG thirteen, so I feel like yeah. you could do that. You'd you have know? to, yeah, you'd you'd have to really do some lobbying for a PG thirteen kids movie. Because um, really, I mean, the eighties were probably the only time that kids movies really flirted with adult themes that much. Yeah, you got. Goonies and Monster Squad Gremlins is another big one that just has tons of adult shit in there, and it's it scared the shit out of me as a kid. The Gate, which I brought up before, yeah, I still want to see that. Um, have you guys seen The Hole? Uh uh-uh. uh, it's on no. Netflix. It's probably, uh, I would say, it does not. It doesn't have the adult elements that like monster squad has you know Mm -hmm. like the blood and the guts and stuff but it's probably the closest thing to a children's horror movie of like the late late 2000s that i can think of i watched it once and i was i was entertained you know and i think it came out in like 2011 maybe maybe even later than that it's on netflix uh but the characters in that movie are I mean, probably supposed to be like thirteen or younger. Okay. So, I'm. I I would say, as much as I appreciated like the adult aspects of Monster Squad, because the first time I saw it, I was twenty six years yeah. old. <laughs> I think you could kind of take into consideration where society is now, where like they're not just gonna like 
let their 10-year-olds go see, you know, a PG-13 movie with bitch and all the blood and gore mm-hmm. and stuff. That's in Monster Squad. But you could kind of, like, sort of retool it for what's allowed today and almost get, like, a an edgy PG rating out of it, but still make it, you know, you could still kind of go for that, like, 15 and younger audience and get some scares in there some really good effects in there and still have a solid movie, you know, maybe without all the cussing or something. You could do it, but I would want it to... <laughs> what if you went the, the other way? Let's say you had Kevin Smith do it, but you had a cast that was like 14 to 18 and make and it you're R-rated. A hard R. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> I think I could get into it. Yeah, that'd be very entertaining. Yeah. But yeah. I see what I mean, you mean. You I think do, you could do either one because you and could have it do be the, successful. But. Yeah, yeah, you could do uh, one geared towards kids, and mm-hmm. it could it could be successful as like a children's horror movie for a new generation. Or you give it the hard R, but you give it a comedy edge. Yeah, and you know, and then and you you could really like uh, like Trick or Treat or Krampus, mm-hmm. and you go that route with it. So if I was going to pick a director, I'd probably go with the guy that did Trick or Treat and Krampus because. He kind of, I, I I don't know his name, but he is able to inject that sort of dark humor into his horror movies. While you get nice nice amount of gore, some good scares, and then you get a laugh in there too. And the whole tone is semi light considering mm-hmm. the subject matter. Yeah, How do you, think you would have to almost you would have to retool it a bit for today's audience, just because people are so cynical now. You, the suspension of disbelief, even in children, kids are like little grown-ups now. There's no, there's a lot less wonder, I feel like, and that, you know, that's sad to me. Because <laughs> when I watch Monster Squad, I'm watching monsters run around and do shit. When I was a kid, I, I bought in hook, line, and sinker to everything, you know, um, from Star Wars, Monster Squad, you know, everything I watched was, you know... Indiana Jones, and now people are just like this. They know it's a movie. You know, CG is just such a common thing. Were a phrase that people use. It's not even just. I'm sure there's some people who don't even know what CGI stands for. They just like to throw around. You know, they the suspension of disbelief thing is really rough to to master today. The magic of movies, you know. Um, so you'd have to, you would have to either make a really, 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 really good movie, or you'd have to have some kind of tongue-in-cheek reference, self-aware, self-awareness to the movie, where it knows it's about monsters and it makes the jokes and everything and doesn't take itself too seriously. Um, but I agree with you guys. I mean, yeah. Uh, I've got another name that just came to mind. How about... Uh, Edgar Wright. Yep. Mm-hmm. He could do it. Yep. That'd be fun. He could do it really well, probably. Yeah. Until the studio gave him too much shit and he <laughs> said, fuck off. And <laughs> yeah, make him leave, just like he did Ant-Man. That's so sad. Um, I think that's the reason I haven't bothered to watch that movie. Mm-hmm. Because I was so excited. And then yeah. they pulled his name from it and was like, well, I like Paul Rudd, yeah. but... I've heard Ant-Man's good, but when it has something hanging over it like that, where you know it could have been just 
you know, Edgar Wright just has this, he's one of those directors where when you're watching one of his movies, you know it's his movie, yeah. you know, you're, you're not confused, that's, that's the thing that, you know, is kind of lost in art these days, is having your own style that's so unique that nobody else could really match it, you know, in music, guitar tone, you know, vocals, you know, all that stuff. You can listen to five bands that all sound the fucking same these days. There's there's no emphasis on finding your own sound or your own style, and that's, yeah. This is a different topic here, but uh, I wanted to mention, I, I read this, the rats that you see at the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. are actually armadillos. <laughs> I thought that was a very interesting choice. Uh, yeah. It seems like it'd be you'd have to try really hard to like they procure put, armadillos. Do they Why put some fuzz on them to make them look fuzzy? I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know, and I don't even know why armadillo? you would bother. <laughs> like, think about the ease of access to rats. between rats and armadillos. I just feel like we need rats. Let's get some armadillos. Armadillos and, uh, are bigger. Yeah, I, that's so the only thing I think is like maybe they wanted them to look very large. Yeah. So uh, we'll just get armadillos for the shot. That is, armadillos have a, a rat-like tail. Yeah. So if you obscured them enough, obviously none of us noticed that without the trivia. So yeah. they pulled a fast one on us there. Yeah. <laughs> so if it was obvious that they were armadillos, I think that'd be a problem. Yeah. Just like close ups (laughs) On the shell They don't say anything You're just left wondering why there are a bunch of armadillos In this castle (laughs) Oh man One thing I want to mention Not to throw us off It's not going to be a big point of conversation But the the bat sound Uh It's hard to do Mm -hmm. But that's such a classic Sound effect to me Yeah and it's in a lot of 80s movies, but that, that, I don't know if that's what bats sound like, but to me, that's what bats sound like, because of the movies, so. Well, you get it in Monster Squad, uh, Goonies has that big scene yeah. where the bats blast out from behind <laughs> yeah. the rock, Lost yeah. Boys, yep. you get bat sounds whenever one of them is like getting ready to swoop down and yeah. snatch someone up. Bats had a, had a good decade, didn't <laughs> <Gosh>. they? <laughs> And then there was the movie Bats, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't it star Lou Diamond Lou Phillips? Diamond Phillips. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was late 90s. Yeah, that was like 90s. a made-for-TV movie, I think. Yeah. <laughs> if it wasn't, it should have been. It was like the quality of like Tremors 5, something like that. <laughs> Just real, real bad. Did you guys like Tremors when you were kids? Never seen Tremors. I've really? never watched it all the way through. I know what it is, and I've seen little pieces of it. But what about Tremors too? I heard. Uh, <laughs> I actually saw something just the other day that claimed that uh, Kevin Bacon regrets Tremors more than anything else he's ever done. <laughs> the first. Two Tremors were entertaining to me as yeah. a kid. Yeah, I liked them when I was younger. Yeah. They, they kind of creeped me out when I was 
you know, yeah. nine, ten years old, those it's giant like, snake worm things. Yeah, it's like, like taking the fear that you would have on the ocean of being eaten by a shark. Putting it on land. Putting it on land. You got these giant sandworm things that just pop up and can eat you at any moment. It's pretty, pretty fucking... Pretty creepy when you think about it. How about Critters? Did you guys ever watch Critters? Mm-mm. That no. one, I've seen the practical effects of those little bastards. Yeah. Though, and I, it makes me want to watch that movie. That series so. is just isn't awesome. Like, isn't that like your, your B, your B version Gremlins kind of like? <laughs> kind if of. Gremlins like is little, your. If yeah. Gremlins is your cult classic, Critters <laughs> is like your cult drive-in movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's like these little balls of fur. Yeah. And, you know, they're ferocious. And I definitely know what they look like, but I've not I've not seen the movie. Granted, I haven't seen Gremlins either. You've never seen Gremlins? Oh, wow. shit. Jesus. You gotta see Gremlins, man. We gotta do a... We gotta do a Gremlins episode now. Just like we did with Monster Squad, I think we should do a Gremlins night. And then Gremlins 2 is good, too. Oh, yeah. Gremlins 2. I have more memories of Gremlins 2... When Hulk Hogan shows up and yeah, <laughs> there's a Hulk Hogan cameo in Gremlins too. Spoiler, sorry. I always for some <laughs> reason I remember I don't see it. it now. <laughs> I don't want to see it now. <laughs> I always remembered the uh, the the boss in Gremlins two. Mm-hmm. His name was Dan Clamp. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that asshole who runs yeah. the big corporation. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, he's a classic villain. Trope, I guess you would call yeah. it. Um, there's some gruesome shit in Gremlins. Gremlin gets the mom puts a gremlin in a blender and fucking yeah, turns it into green goo. Yeah, Gremlin gets put in a microwave. They kill people and party and stuff. It's just a fucking. You will never see another Gremlins. It, it's. I'll have to go back and watch it as an adult. We we really need to watch it on Blu-ray because I'd love to take a trip down that memory lane too. Because it was it was one of those movies that I loved watching as a kid, but it also scared me. So I would like close my eyes during some parts, but some parts I like. Oh, the Gremlins are nice in this part, and they're <laughs> dancing with each other. And then when they were being assholes and killing people, it's like ah. <laughs> Yeah, I always felt really bad for the uh, the science teacher. Yeah, and he's like trying to feed the one a candy bar, and yeah. that fucking pulls him underneath that whatever it is. It's like a big cabinet. It's like it's got like a zero bar. He's trying to feed it. That's how you know it's from the eighties. Yeah. Jesus Christ, I remember zero bars. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't like, like them, but... I mean, they, they still make them, but I never, yeah. I've never seen someone eating a Zero Bar. <laughs> like, I don't since... know how the fuck they manufacture them and, and put them in stores. I don't know. I, no I like them. them. I you remember like them. going through a phase Isn't it white where, chocolate? Yeah. And... and maybe white chocolate and nougat or yeah. something like that. But my grandfather used to buy Zero Bars. <laughs> <laughs> zero Bars and Paydays. Paydays? Yeah. See, I love Paydays, actually. Yeah. Paydays is one of my favorite candy bars. I love the simplicity of it. Just caramel and peanuts, that's it. It's a classic combo. Maybe we should do next week's show about candy. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Dude. 
I will make a case. I seriously will rant for an hour on why uh, Nutrageous is the greatest candy bar <laughs> ever made, and you know how pissed I am that it got discontinued. If you don't remember Nutrageous or you never tried one, really? I don't think I've ever had one either. Jesus Christ! I, don't think I had a Nutrageous. You like it? I had more than one. I didn't have yeah. just one. Well, did you? <laughs> yeah, you I liked so, it. Yeah, so you enjoyed it. Yeah. Was it in your top tier candy bars? Would you put it in your top five of all time? Or I'd have to think about that. Think about yeah, because Milky Way, Snickers. You know, you got your classics, but I know what my number one is. Was like a fucking. But experience. I'll save it in case we end up doing a show about candy. Okay. I'm not going to reveal my number one favorite candy <laughs> bar. We get a list I, together. I have yeah. a guess. I have a guess. I'm not going to tell you if you get it right. I think it's Butterfinger. Um, Butterfinger. But, uh, really I love uh, Butterfingers. Uh, you dude. Can are shut you up. fucking out of your <laughs> I mind? I love Butterfingers. Butterfingers <laughs> and Butterfinger BBs. Yeah. Do you remember those? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. Yep. <laughs> Let's get a better five for yeah, the microphone. That, yeah. That was better. <laughs> Every time I fucking went to the movies, I had to have a box of Butterfinger BBs or Nestle Bunch of Crunch. That was good mm, shit, too. Yeah, those are good. You remember that? Mm-hmm. They should yeah. package Butterfingers with free toothpicks. <laughs> That's part of the fun, is picking yeah. the shit out of your teeth it's and part eating of the fun. that. That's you, it's like having a snack after your snack. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like, <laughs> I'm not gonna sit here and debate that Butterfingers don't taste good. Oh, they're delicious. But I will say that just the simple fact of the feeling in your teeth afterwards is enough for me to be like, nah, pass. <laughs> no. To me, I, that's I part of the experience. That is, it's part of it. Yeah. You can choose to pick it or you can just leave it in your teeth and let it chill. Yeah. <laughs> <or just> develop <laughs> cavities. <laughs> Maybe that's where all my cavities came from is Butterfinger BBs. Uh, if you had to guess, Dracula in the Monster Squad mm-hmm. in the 80s at some point, when he's not on camera, he goes into a convenience store, and he picks out a candy bar. <laughs> what do you think that he picked out, and do you think he liked it? The hmm. character Dracula? Yes. Okay. What I'm concerned about, number one, is that he has fangs. Yeah. So mm-hmm. he might not be wanting the Butterfinger right off the bat. But he's going to have no frame of reference. So he's just going to look, judge it by the packaging, and buy it. He will probably be able to read it, so yeah. you can see, and maybe some of the ingredients will be familiar to him. I'm guessing mm-hmm. he would know what chocolate is. Yeah. Uh, and caramel. It's tough. Because hmm. he's Dracula, he's he's hundreds of years old. Yeah. So he's, his taste palette's probably a little bit different than your average 80s human. So he might have a taste palette that's, you know, I don't know. I, I peg him as a dark chocolate kind of guy. I don't think he's fucking with milk chocolate. Hmm. So what's a... I need to know some good... Maybe a... a did they make Milky Way Midnight back then? Dark I don't chocolate, think so. <laughs> dark chocolate Milky Way? That, that's a, that's a newer they thing. they were fucking with people that's who a wanted new fact. dark chocolate. <laughs> Antioxidant <laughs> bullshit. Yeah. Like, dark chocolate. It was all about the calories. I like. Yeah. I, I do like dark. Chocolate. There was a time and place for milk and dark chocolate, but yeah, yeah um, I'd like to try a dark chocolate Re- Reese's cup. I think that mm. that's a new thing. Uh, Reese's dark. Mm-hmm. I think that might be real good. Um, so, what do you think? What's your pick, Bob? What do I? I'm trying to. 
I'm trying to think like a, you know, several hundred year old vampire right now. <laughs> going into a convenience store <laughs> and buying a candy bar. He's not going to buy it. Oh, well. <laughs> he's probably going to... Selecting a candy <laughs> bar and taking it for his yeah. own pleasure. Yeah. I think he's more likely to, to attack the cashier and feed on their blood, but if we have to choose well, a candy like, bar... You're not playing yeah. along. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say a Heath bar. Because it's, it's a more old-school style packaging. Mm-hmm. He may be able to read it and just kind of identify that it's, um, you know, it's chocolate and... What the fuck is that shit called? Toffee? Toffee, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like the hard toffee. Yeah. It's sort of like a Butterfinger, but it's not peanut butter flavored. It's it, it's hard to describe. It's, it's a Heath bar, plain and simple. I think he bites into it and gets a little stuck to his fangs because it's... The exact same texture as a Butterfinger. And maybe he gets a little pissed off and <laughs> throws it away. But I will say right now, Heath Bars to me were an old person candy bar my whole life until I fucking tried one. I love Heath Bars. <laughs> <laughs> they are fucking delicious. They are good. And I love the mini ones that you get in like a box of chocolates. Mm-hmm. The little sticks that are yeah. the hard toffee with the chocolate. Oh man. One of the classics in my book. So, Heath Bar for Dracula. For <laughs> Dale, what do you think? <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I can't see Dracula picking a baby Ruth, so if anybody says that, I will fight you to the death. No, I think no, Dracula's going to pick Ruth a baby Ruth. Ruth. <laughs> 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 There's the... Uh, there's the uh, the animosity that yeah. we have on our on our podcast. <laughs> no, I do have an answer though. Okay, I'll um, go after Dale. I, I uh, you know, I, I don't know why, but I feel like I see Dracula being intrigued by a Twix bar. Oh. He uh, he sees that and he's like, "What? There's a cookie inside of this candy bar?" And I feel like he he would give it a shot. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. And you get two, you get two in there. And Cookies he, aren't too. He, he indulges, so he's like, oh, there's two. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I, uh, Twix bar. He'll go with the Twix bar. Do you think Does he, he like enjoys it? the Twix bar? He takes a bite and just. Yeah, I, I honestly don't see Dracula enjoying any candy bar. <laughs> <laughs> he's a blood sucker. Yeah. <laughs> Have uh, we established that vampires even eat food? I mean, they suck blood. That's what they do. I mean, do they? But for pleasure, this is a hypothetical question. Yeah. I don't know why you're trying to I suck think... the fun out of it. No pun intended. Well, this is this is what you do on a podcast. You dissect I th- fucking pointless things. I think that he still has taste buds. Okay. If so. we're rolling with that, I'm fine with it. I was just asking yeah. the question. Yeah, I think that he can still. It's just whether or not what he tastes is going to be favorable. You know. Hmm. Contrasted next to what he's used to drinking, which is blood. <laughs> is it nice? Human change? blood. <laughs> this is why human blood. The choice that he's going to make and probably enjoy is a Milky Way. Why a Milky Way? Because a Milky Way is just like chocolate, nougat, and caramel. He doesn't have to crunch through anything. He's That's not true. eating toffee. He's not eating cookies. Mm-hmm. He's just. Chewing a thick, semi-liquidy substance, a la blood. Mm-hmm. You can't go wrong with the Milky Way. No, you can't. I'll be honest. That's a good. And that's a good he may bar. not 
I, I will, I'll kind of agree, like, he might not like it, the taste of it, but the consistency is going to be enough to keep him coming back for more. <laughs> huh. Sounds oddly okay. sexual to me. <laughs> no, I feel like that's probably the best answer so far. You're welcome. What do you I got, put a Nick? lot of thought into this. <laughs> what do you got, Nick? What do you guys think of an original Hershey's bar? Just plain, just the classic yeah, chocolate bar. Classic yeah. chocolate bar. I think I would agree with that based on my original logic about the Heath bar is that the packaging is very simple. It's plain block letters. He's not being too adventurous about it, even less adventurous in your case for the plain Hershey bar. He does, with Same with Benders. He doesn't have to worry about getting things stuck in his teeth because milk chocolate melts in your mouth, as we all know. Um, And I I, think he can... It's not going to require him to uh, chomp through a bunch of stuff. He can break it off into neat little Mm -hmm. rectangle pieces. and just try one rectangle at a time. And And I bet, because he's a a member of the living dead, Mm -hmm. his body... Is probably pretty cool, so he can put the rest of the chocolate in his lapel or in a pocket, it and it's melt. not going to get all melty, and, <laughs> and he's not going to get chocolate fingers because his hands are probably ice cold. Yeah. So it would be a perfect choice for Dracula to have a Hershey's bar um, if he were going to have one at all. Any Good. candy bar, that's my pick okay. for Dracula. And I think that he would take it and he would enjoy it. You think he would like it? Yeah. <laughs> I think he would like it as dessert to some nice blood. Yeah, I don't I think, think he... it's going to, like... I don't think he's going to make any declarations of going off human blood after <laughs> trying his candy bar. <laughs> they would probably be like, oh, that was pretty good. Now yeah. I, I need And maybe a... incorporate the chocolate into his uh, blood-sucking <laughs> yeah. habits. Uh-huh. Sucks a little blood, blood drizzles... Old, yeah, uh, let some of it drip off his fangs <laughs> onto the Hershey bar. <laughs> Real quick, Dale, I think uh, one thing that he might find amusing about the Twix mm-hmm. is that he could just kind of... <laughs> <laughs> he could stick one on each thing, you know? Yeah. yeah. Play, a play a little game with yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. tusk thing going. If he felt silly for a second. Yeah, yeah. You know? There you has to that. be some silly times in Dracula's yeah. day. He could, he could, in there, you know, in the convenience <laughs> store, go ahead and pop one on each thing. And then walk up to the, the store clerk and say, Ha! Dracula! And the guy's like, Ha, oh, very funny. And then he takes them off. No, really. You still have to pay oh, for I'm those Dracula. Dracula. I'm going to eat you now. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to literally suck your blood until you're dead. And I'm not going to pay for these. <laughs> um, well, I feel like um, we should probably figure out <clears throat> what we're going to talk about next week. Because uh, we're almost out of time. If it's if it's not Gremlins, then that that would be my first choice is to have another. See, I don't know if we want to do another. You don't want to, yeah. You don't yeah. want to just we break could, it up. We could save. We could put that, that on a back. Yeah, put yeah. That on. What I was gonna say is, if we don't do that next, my request is that that stays somewhere. I think that's in the, definitely a good topic in the Rolodex. Yeah, so. some great pictures mm-hmm. could come from that one too. That'd be fun. Well, we're we're closing this episode talking about candy. Should we 
carry it over? Should we talk about candy? I have a lot of nostalgia for candy, <laughs> honestly. Should we do a candy? Should we talk about candy? Are you guys coming to the Royal Rumble tomorrow? As, uh, Possibly. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. You would have. They would have to commit to watching it to, to do a whole podcast about it. So, I, yeah. About what? Even if I watched it. I'm not, <laughs> not going to do a whole podcast on it. Party pooper. <laughs> we will do a wrestling podcast at some mm-hmm. point. I won't be here. <laughs> you will be required. <laughs> to... If we do a comic podcast, or what? What is something along the lines of wrestling that I don't partake of that that you guys do? I would. I would I make care. an effort to read something or watch something. And... Are we getting too I'm just saying, far into I'm our just group saying, down here? All, <laughs> all, we do, all I'm saying is, like, I'll totally watch it. I just uh-huh. am nowhere near educated. Well, you don't have to be. Yeah. You that could, would, be, you, that you, would be the fun of it, is to an get outsider's an outsider's perspective. Absolutely. Outsider's perspective on the... Because wrestling is kind of, when you examine it outside the mind of a fan, it's kind of a... Kind of Dumb. funny, yeah. It's, it's grown men pretending to f- they're pretend fighting. What time is the rumble tomorrow? It starts at eight. Yeah, pre-shows at seven. They usually go till about eleven at night. Yeah. I work a double tomorrow, six to seven. So you can be here in time. For I know it. I can be here in time. For it's it. one of the it's one of the big fours. They say yeah. it's a long day. All right. <laughs> it's a long day. We don't, I'm just, do, I just if you guys want to do there. a wrestling podcast next week and all watch the Rumble tomorrow, are we? That's a I just threw it out there. I, I didn't want to put it. Well, I know Dale. You said that you were trying to watch uh, some football I tomorrow. Am, I am definitely trying to watch football tomorrow. Um, <laughs> well, I guess it depends. Um, I'm obligated to drink beer while I watch football. You know, I guess I have to. <laughs> be mindful of that so I can still drive after the games. So, um, I guess, uh, yeah. <laughs> what, what time is the second game on? Um, the first one's at 3, so I think the, the second one is on around 7. Actually, you know what? Let me double check on that. Sorry. Okay. Uh, it, might, it might be like the 1 and 4 o'clock normal, typical football Sunday type thing. Um, I don't know for sure. Should we get something else going? Just yeah, in we can case. Keep, I mean, keep the ideas uh, going here while he's checking on that. Ah, <sighs> shit. Talk about high school. High school. <laughs> that's, that's, fresh, high... that's fresh in my mind because I work at a high school every day. Oh. So <laughs> we could. Talk I have about high school. The we perspective could, I mean, of going to high to school, and I have the perspective of working at a high school. Talk about boy bands. <laughs> <laughs> Stand-up comedians. Oh, I could talk about that all day. Yeah, I know you're a big stand-up <laughs> I guy. I love stand-up. Um, tomorrow the games are on at 3 o'clock and 6.40. Ouch. Uh, if you're watching the second one, you will not make it here in time. Carson Palmer. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. I might have to have that, that game going on another TV. The old split-screen <laughs> yeah. action going. Picture in picture. Yeah. <laughs> uh, High school's uh, not a bad idea. I mean... Everybody, everybody can relate to high school, and we all had, I'm sure, very different experiences throughout high school. I don't think any of us went to the same school. So. No, we didn't. What if we talked about school lunches? <laughs> <laughs> I could talk any food-based 
subject is right in my wheelhouse. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, I see a, a binder over there. Uh, collector's trading cards. Um, yeah, those are all Pokemon cards <laughs> over there. We could talk about uh, collectible cards. <laughs> Pokemon, uh, baseball, basketball, football, anything. Oh, no, how do we make it interesting? Yeah. <laughs> so what cards did you have? I had a Michael Jordan rookie when I was young. It was awesome. I want to buy another one as an adult. <laughs> but they're like 500 to $1,000, depending on the grade. So An hour and 15 minutes later. Yeah. Well, I had... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was made of cardboard. <laughs> it had this guy's face and body on it, an image of him. And some stats on the back of the past four years. <laughs> hey, I loved collecting cards. Oh, me too. I, I, did. Kid. I did. So, uh, Beckett. Yeah, the Beckett book. Or Tough Stuff. I don't know if you remember that I never that did one. Tough Stuff. I did a lot of Tough Stuff. No. Yeah. Because Tough Stuff had... All the sports in it. Because Beckett, you'd have to buy separate. As a pricing guide for trading cards. What if our, what if our, uh, the following week's topic has to sort of blossom from the current weeks? So you take an aspect of the current week's topic and then... The candy would certainly fall in that. Um... We talked about, what else did we talk about? Practical effects. Speculation um, of various fictional characters' favorite candy bars. <laughs> <laughs> and why. We talked about comic book conventions briefly. Um, Technically, horror movie conventions. That's, yeah. yeah. If we, you're more specific, yeah. But if true. you just say we talk about conventions, but I don't know how often you guys go I'm, to conventions. I would like to go to one before I did a podcast about it. Fair enough. And I, I would love to go to one. If so. you guys want, I know the next, next comic book convention... Uh, is Indiana Comic Con. I think it's like the end of February into like March 1st. My brother and sister are making costumes. To, for Indiana Comic yes. Con? Yeah, there's going to be a my lot of uh, gonna actors be, there. My sister's going to be Ray uh, from Force Awakens. I believe my brother's going to be Vegeta. So, yeah. I just want to. I'm be- not positive on that, but he's a big. He's big into DBZ. Uh, so. Ian McDermott's going to be there. Yeah. I want to meet Emperor Palpatine. I've <laughs> seen the the flyer for that and all the different guys. Ray a, Park, I believe, is Oh, that's there, that's too. right. I, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, I, I, I Darth Maul, for those of you who We don't should know. make a, like a band trip. Band trip to Fuck Indiana Comic Con. Yeah. I'm down for that. I would do oh, that. Me, Ray Park. I'm into it. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. So what's our topic for next week? <laughs> shit. <laughs> shit. We're going to talk about shit. <laughs> Poo-poo. <laughs> it's tough being in a room full of four creative people and not being able to come <laughs> up with a topic. I like the candy one, the candy bar. I told you guys that holds a lot of nostalgia for me. So we're going to talk about candy next week? <laughs> <laughs> what was the other one? Oh, the, the rumble, yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> Radio silence. Candy boys? Candy, candy boys. 
All right, let's talk about candy next week. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we could have let that drag out anymore, so... Can we leave it open for, you know... No, because we have to announce it. Okay. That's how we have to start building already. Well, we better... You better knock this out of the park. <laughs> people are gonna, It's a hard sell to be like, hey, listen to our podcast about candy. Well, well the, fucking Mark Summers did the show. Unwrapped. Everyone loved that. Yeah. Everyone loves candy. <laughs> we can all do research. We'll find interesting candy facts and we'll That's talk about them. Happen. We'll find interesting candy. We should all go to Jungle Gyms and buy weird ass candy. <laughs> oh, no, that'd be good and too. And eat it and then talk about it on the show. <laughs> yeah, we can review it as we're, we're well, chatting. Everybody make a personal list of your top five favorites. I would say two lists. One of your favorite chocolate candies. And one and of your favorite fruity, fruity, fruity candies. candies. That's like, what that's, about... Your least favorite candies too. That's another. Because I have one. candies that I. I All of Bob's hate. favorite candies are my least favorite candies. <laughs> <laughs> Is that true? Yeah. I was gonna say, Jesus. I don't know. Maybe it we're might setting be. this up for a fight. <laughs> a well, candy. we agreed on Milky Way. It's a candy showdown. <laughs> All right, tune in for the candy showdown next week. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Please listen. <laughs> It'll be funny. Yeah. It's not going to be a straight, here are the ingredients of a Milky Way bar. It has this many calories. <laughs> All right. Nostalgia uh, candy. This has been uh, Super Divorce Supercast Monster Squad Edition. Hope you liked it. Tune in next week for the candy showdown. <laughs> T- time out. Oh. <laughs> you know how I've been doing the, the portraits and the videos of the day? Like, yeah. How <laughs> How is that going to work with candy? I, I've already been thinking about that. <laughs> yeah. I think Don't worry about him. He's going to draw candy bars, I guess. I just pictured Bob Barker with chocolate smeared around his yeah. face, just munching down on a nice Snickers bar oh, or something. Gosh. So. Okay. Well, <laughs> talk to you guys next week. See ya. See ya. Super divorce.